Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And welcome to 51 First Dates, the podcast. Thank you for joining us from your homes, we hope. We miss you. We miss you horribly. We miss each other. We miss human interaction, but not badly enough to leave our houses. That's true. Yes. <laughs> We're going to be, you know, the grandmas that we always are. And actually, grandma might not be, even be the right word. We're going to be the the Dr. Fauci's um, as much as we can be. This episode, just drill it into your heads in case there's anybody out there not adhering to staying at home. But... Um, but also we're going to talk about dating we're gonna talk and about dating, yes. fun stuff. Um, and yeah, we actually have a really fun conversation with a listener that we're going to uh, go into in a little bit of time. And she was a cool listener who reached out and we were like, anyone want to talk about dating in these tough times? And then we ended up talking about her dating life story and because she's got a great and interesting history with dating and uh she was really cool and it was really fun to talk to her so yes. that's coming up in a little bit if but first you... we're gonna talk oh sorry go ahead no I was just saying if you are listening and thinking I would be down to come on and talk you you know our listener Sarah shares her name you don't have to share your name uh, I don't know about voice changing but like we could consider it no then you could email us but if you want to come on it w- I just think this is a weird time and hey even whether you want to talk about specifically dating or other things we thought it would be cool to highlight different people's experiences in this time and also give you guys some more content because it's it's a, a weird time. Obviously, Olivia, our regular dater, is not going on dates out in the world. Uh, some of you are going on dates on video chat, and that's what we're going to talk about today. But please hit us up at 51firstdatespod at gmail.com if you'd like to come on and share your feelings and story. Yes, completely. And other business. Uh, follow us at 51firstdatespod on Instagram. You can uh, rate, subscribe, review, tell your friends. You've got time on your hands. You're bored. We're here. <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> also, if you haven't caught them yet, we are doing bonus episodes on Patreon. Um, we're watching Sex and the City from the beginning and recapping them. We also did a Love is Blind recap over on Patreon. Um, please head over there and check it out. Our first uh, $500 that we get to our Patreon, we're going to donate to Feeding America. So if you've been wanting to donate anyway, um, you can also get some bonus content for your donation. Yeah, we're just trying to give you all the all the content we can and give ourselves all the tasks that we can to fill our days in this time. Liza, how's your vibe vibe check? Where are you at? You know, I'm pretty good today. Yesterday I was super depressed. Today I feel pretty good. This is how it goes. There's no explanation. <laughs> I know. I had a dark day yesterday as well. Until the end where I, I put myself on TikTok, and this is not an endorsement to find me because there are no videos, but I just created an account and started following TikToks and trying to learn the dances. And I'm embarrassed, but it got me out of my funk. I had not left my bed all day, and then I learned the TikTok dance to Savage, which was really, really hard. And I'm impressed with all these teens now. 
I'm impressed with you. That's impressive. No, it yeah, is more I mean, <laughs> but I did it. <laughs> very proud. I yeah, it's funny. Like I feel like I am. This is again gonna sound like crunchy and whatever, but I feel like this has been a good exercise in like this thing you always hear about, which is meeting yourself where you are. Like. I feel like I've been hearing that for years from self-help people and books and therapists and whatever. And ultimately, like, I didn't really know what it meant until this quarantine. Like, truly, like, some days I wake up and I'm like, I have a ton of energy. I feel good. I'm going to go for, like, a run. I'm in a very rural area, so it's okay. And I stay six feet away from everyone. And then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that. And then, like, I'm going to clean the whole house and I'm going to whatever. And then some days, like yesterday, I was like, everything's terrible and I'm going to watch tv that i've already watched all day (laughs) and that's it and i think it's important to let yourself have these moments we spoke about this when Lindsay simsick of the almost 30 podcast was on a few episodes ago but this is a really tough time we i will say not we i no royal we in here i kimmy have been struggling with this waffling between feeling really grateful Uh, grateful for all the people who are on the front lines of this, grateful that I am safe, the people I know are healthy, etc. And then this pendulum swing to the other side of things where I feel really dark about my future and getting a job coming out of grad school. I feel sad that my graduation is canceled. Well, virtual, but you know, I... It's this really hard thing for me to – for my mind to grasp. It's like this huge level of gratitude and then this huge level of angst and sadness. Like I can't see my boyfriend for a long time. And I'm just – I think to Liza's point, if you're feeling this too, we all are. And don't even beat yourself up for not being more grateful or showing more gratitude. Just you got – yeah, you got to meet yourself because otherwise I I personally will go – crazy if I don't let myself have these days where I don't work out or I don't make much progress on the job search because beating ourselves up is not going to help anybody. Completely. Be nice to yourself and to others. And all of that is kind of what we preach sometimes anyways about dating and life yeah, in general. Yeah, it's not that dissimilar. No. It's just like we don't nobody needs to be so hard on themselves. No. Um except for fuckboys who aren't doing it anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> except for shitty people. But you're not shitty if you're if you're here trying to date better. Um however, we're going to start we're going to do like a, a we're going to read a listener question/email relating to dating in quarantine, right? And then we'll We'll chat about that a little bit before we go into our interview. Yeah, we want to be kind of practical. You know, we won't always talk only about being in quarantine and dating. But for today, you know, we wanted to get kind of practical about what could a Skype or FaceTime date look like? What are the best ways to do it? And we had a listener write in from Norway prior, like a few weeks ago, with her experience. And she gave a lot of details. So I think it would be really fun to share. And then we'll hear from another listener, Sarah, audibly on this podcast later. So Liza, I'm going to share it with you. And then you and I are going to craft like our perfect scenario for a FaceTime or Skype or Zoom date. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. 
here we go. There's some background info. I'm going to, you know, hop around a little bit, but I'm going to do my best because I like all the details. I think it's really fun and helpful. So thank you to this listener for sharing. About me. I'm 27, have been single for about one year after being in a relationship for around seven years before that. So I haven't dated much in my life at all, but since last fall, I have been trying my hand at the apps a bit. My resolution for 2020 was to go on at least one first date a month, but we'll see how that goes. We love shit like that. Uh, She lives in Oslo, Norway, and the situation here right now is that the whole country is basically on lockdown. This is March 15th, mind you, so just... Everything is shut down. Uh, I think, you know, this is when we were unfortunately probably still telling you, oh, maybe you can go on a date if it's a one-on-one interaction, which we were wrong about. So don't ever listen to us. Uh, But Not doctors. But also thank you for listening to us. So, so. In general, this has hit our country hard and we're taking social distancing very seriously to slow down the spread so our hospital's capacity isn't maxed out. And that's exactly why we're all doing this. It's not for us. It's not so we don't get sick. We all know that. I know. I'll get off my pedestal. Okay. Love you guys. So for my date, I had matched with this guy on Tinder a week or two before the corona situation escalated. We had been talking quite a bit back and forth, more than I usually like to, but before we could set up a date, the situation got even more serious. We kept talking, and he was dropping hints about going on a date when the situation calmed down. Then a few days ago, he asked to add me on Snapchat, which I'm normally very hesitant to do because dick pics, Uh, but we had been talking a lot, so I felt confident he was a good guy. Once we had each other on Snapchat, he started sending video messages to talk and get to know each other, I guess. I tried to respond via video, but found it way too awkward to record myself speaking with no one else in the room. So I just replied with selfies slash other random shit. After a while, he asked again for a video because he wanted to hear my voice or whatever. So I thought to myself, why not just call him? No idea what got into me. Under any other circumstances, I would never do this, but desperate times, et cetera, et cetera. We don't know how long this situation will last, and I did sort of want to speak to him as well. We ended up video chatting on Snapchat for an hour or so. It was very awkward at first, but once we got into the flow of a conversation, it was fine. I did, however, feel pretty self-aware of my appearance, since you can see yourself as well while speaking. It was very hard to know when to end the date, but thankfully his phone died, which solved that issue. We kept talking on Snapchat since and have done one more video date in which I had just finished a bottle of wine, so felt more relaxed. I know you won't judge. (laughs) No, we won't. Never. (laughs) And especially during quarantine. Uh, I think I would recommend trying a FaceTime first date. However, my concern now is that this feels very much like an early 2000s MSN messenger type dating situation. If the corona situation lasts for weeks and weeks and we keep talking in that period, but we keep not physically meeting each other, I'm worried that when we finally do meet, there will be a lot of pressure. And if the chemistry isn't there in person, that would really suck. That being said, I won't have much of a social life in the upcoming weeks since I'm pretty much stuck in my apartment. So I guess it can't hurt either. Would love to hear your thoughts on this. So I do hope you talk about it on the podcast, whether you include my email or not. Oh, we did. (laughs) Um, and then she writes a really, you know, I, I've actually referred to this email before reading the entirety of it on a previous episode, but just like, please also consider urging your listeners to take the situation seriously. Just look at what's happening in Italy. Um, and again, that's because here in the US, we were pretty darn slow to respond to this. So I won't read all of that, but it was very sweet of her. She's thinking of all of you and Sarah B. So stay safe. Love from Norway. Liza, what are your... Uh- Thoughts first and foremost. Well, okay, here's my thought. 
I feel like in normal times, we have a certain set of like benchmarks we use to try to figure out how something is going and dating, right? We're like, oh, is he calling? Is he texting? Is this happening? Is that happening? And this is all just like so abnormal. Even what she was saying about like, it's hard to know when to end the date. It's hard to have a conversation on FaceTime for the first time you meet someone because you can't be like, oh my gosh, what do you think about this spot? Like, I don't know. There's not, you can't go to some of the environmental conversation topics. I mean, you can go to like, how are you dealing with quarantine? Because that is actually a universal commonality right now, unfortunately. But I think like she was kind of saying, you know, should I keep talking? What if if this happens? Or if we don't keep talking, what if this happens? I would say like, this is such uncharted territory that I think you have nothing to lose by playing it out. Like it will be disappointing if you say you guys talk, you get really close, like all of this stuff, and then you meet in person and you're not attracted to him. Like that'll be disappointing. Yes. But I think like, the least that you come out of this with is like more human connection, which if there's one positive of this whole thing, it's that I think people are really like learning how to connect with each other in a really pure way by having long conversations, getting to know each other, not being distracted by the things we're distracted to in day-to-day life. Um, And so I think this could be like, this is actually Love is Blind. I don't know if you're watching Love is Blind in Norway. It's a very trashy reality show here. It's on Netflix. So maybe you guys are also watching it. Um, It's pretty bad, (laughs) but (laughs) this is a real life Love is Blind where it's like you are going to you have the opportunity to really connect with someone. And I don't, I think that as long as you're open to any eventuality from that, nothing bad can happen. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're like, anything could come of this, he could be a friend. He could be my like soulmate, even though I don't believe in those. He could also be just like someone who I pass time talking to in this weird world we're living in. Yes. I like that. And I, I, as you were saying that, Liza, I was thinking maybe the kind of, not litmus test, but if you're uncertain about spending too much time talking to a stranger on the internet that you met on a dating app, think about generally what you're craving. And if it's human interaction, just like this is just another human interaction. It's kind of an interesting one. Like just like all dates, it could be a networking opportunity. I don't know. But also I would say... If you're craving interaction, this is kind of a rule of thumb I would have to place upon myself in quarantine were I single right now. If I was having any urges to text or FaceTime a fuckboy from my past or a situationship from my past or something that was an ex from the past that I shouldn't be, that's when I would like say, no, Kimmy, go on the app, do that instead. Like make a new connection instead. Somehow thinking of those two things, and I don't know how much anyone's having that urge to reach out to people from their past, but then even if it's super unproductive and MSN messenger style dating forever and it never works out, it's still more productive than had I reached out to someone I had spent a lot of time getting over. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's quite a jump, but. No, I think that makes perfect sense. And I, I also think that this must be such a time where people are are like, reaching out to past boyfriends girlfriends and flames and whatever because there's a lot of time we have a lot of time to think about stuff we have a lot of time to think about other people it is a natural time to check in on people you care about or once cared about but yeah probably not the healthiest (laughs) time but yeah i think it's a good impulse to like try to connect with other people and also 
I think it's a good chance to be able to like, if you get to that point in talking to someone, if you're, it, say, say this goes well, right? And you're FaceTiming every couple of days, you're talking, whatever, a, a, a regular amount. I think it's also a great opportunity to judge if you can be open with them and be like, hey, I have these concerns. Like, is it what, what's going to happen when this is over? Are we going to like hang out? What happens if there isn't a spark? I, I don't know. I guess that's a little bit of a tricky thing to talk about. But if you are able to be like, how do you feel about the fact that we're just FaceTiming for the foreseeable future? Like, does that make you feel weird? I feel a little weird. I don't know why. I just do. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that weird. You know, I think you have a chance to open up to someone. Um, yeah, I think the whole thing is like, if you can let go of expectations and really view it as an opportunity or an experiment, we obviously like an experiment, then I think it could be really cool. I also think you could, if you're feeling, uh you know, I'm going to look back on this, but was this a waste of my time? Maybe make a project out of it. Uh, not to just <laughs> to do exactly what we did. But first of all, if anyone wants to go on 51 first dates on FaceTime and like report back to us, please tell us. You could do that for us. Uh, but if you want to even not a project the way we are like, we'll make a podcast to get Kimmy to go on dates. If you just wanted to journal about each one, I don't know if you if you gave it another goal than just what that connection looks like in the end, because then it takes some of the pressure off. I don't know. Yeah. And it also could be a great way for you to like examine the way you date, the questions you ask. Like, Again, you could go on potentially like three dates a day on FaceTime if you wanted to because everyone's hanging out without much to do. Like that would be a lot. But if you wanted to be like, I want to try to ask more interesting questions on dates or I want to try to understand something like more deeply about the person I'm on a dates with like inner self, like just a little bit on every date. Like even if you want to set intentions for yourself, I think it's a great time to play around with the way you date or to like, yeah, like can be said journal at the end of every FaceTime date and be like, what went well? What didn't went well? Like, what did I walk away feeling? And just think about your patterns. Like, I think this is a, an opportunity to do like a really concentrated, distilled experiment. Yeah. Experiment. And if you want to experiment. And if you want to talk, come on and talk about it. <laughs> Please do. Let us also, know. Also, <laughs> uh, unrelated, but about the like looking at yourself in your little corner of FaceTime, like get a post-it note. <laughs> Truly, I've done this when I've had like a FaceTime call with people before because I hate looking at myself and it's hard. Um, no shame in covering it up. I saw someone in the Bachelor finale, if there's any Bachelor viewers out there, like they know that during the Bachelor finale, they kept going to Peter, the Bachelor's mom, like a, a tiny, like, you know, mini screen and screen um, shot of his mom, who's a nut the whole time. And I saw this hilarious, I think it was like, it was either in you know, an Instagram story or like a TikTok or something of someone taking like an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper and taping it to their TV over her face so that they didn't have to watch her the whole time because she's so annoying. But like I would, I have been starting to cover my face with my thumb on FaceTime calls because it just makes me focus on the other person more. And you can totally just stick a piece of paper or, or something over your face. I feel like Zoom is kind of, you know, obviously with the Zoom bombing, they're figuring it out. But at least for class, when you have it on speaker view, uh, it helps. Yes. Or, or even gallery yeah. view if there are a bunch of people. I also, Liza, I just had an idea and I don't know how we're going to make it happen and maybe we won't, maybe it's a bad idea. But what was the dating app or 
service that matched people up on group dates, like three friends and three friends. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. Same. Grouper? Did I just make that up? I think I made it up. Well, anyways, I want to orchestrate that. Like, that feels like an experiment for like six people. Maybe just like having a happy hour with humans and then you choose whether to go on to the next round could be kind of fun. I don't yeah. know. Maybe maybe I'm too excited over my own idea. It's not even that unique. I don't know. I like it. I feel like everybody's doing stuff like this now of like, how can we connect more broadly online? And it's really fun and nice. I don't know. Yeah. I've been really liking it. That just feels like an easier because I was thinking about like, let's dive into the logistics. So not wanting to see yourself. Great hack put a post-it you know it don't feel shy about doing that because I agree it's super distracting and I actually can't imagine on a date but like for an interview it it's distracting enough so but then I feel like the whole video chatting early thing is really scary and I like that this date in Norway he Part of me likes that he started on Snapchat because it's like a lower stakes way to like try it out. Not like let's exchange FaceTimes. But I also know that someone adding you early on Snapchat means a dick pic be coming for you. Like it's come. Jesus Christ. Can't even speak. I'm just like, oh, that's scary. Really scary. I feel the fear. So that was where I was thinking. I wonder if there's some like way to group date and then that puts people on better behavior. I don't know. Yeah. I'm down. Hey, pitch it. Make it happen. I know. How do we make it happen? I feel like our listener pool is mostly females looking for men, but maybe not. Hey, tell us. Tell us if we should do something fun Uh, or if you just want to try it. um, Tell all your hinge matches and then we'll pop you in a Zoom on our professional Zoom account and you guys can go for it. We won't record you or anything. Okay. Too much. I've gone too far. I've gone too far. It makes me excited. I think it sounds fun. I don't know. I'm I'm literally down for anything okay. these days. Well, my, some of my friends and I are doing a thing on Friday night where we have a happy hour and we each give um PowerPoint five 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 minute PowerPoint presentation on something we love, and we just do it over drinks like on Zoom. You know where you can share your screen. Yep. And uh, I haven't decided. I I can't think figure out anything that I love so far. <laughs> I will and yeah I'm like my friend who texted about it was like feel free to say no to this like my feelings when we hurt and I was like fuck yeah that sounds great I literally will do anything right now Liza I wish we could screen share because I unfortunately my remote interning went over so I missed my happy hour but I made a PowerPoint presentation for a happy hour last Friday yeah and I will tell you what it was uh because I think it would be really fun for us to play it and for people to play this on a first date so another logistic Mm -hmm. if you're looking for an icebreaker I don't know if anyone's seen this go around the internet. People are posting like 10 things that other people like, but they hate. So I like hate sitting for a manicure, you know, or that wasn't even on mine, but chocolate ice cream. Like for me, I love ice cream. I don't like chocolate ice cream. So I made a PowerPoint presentation of my 10 and shared it to share. Well, I didn't get to share it live, sadly, but sent it to my friends after because I missed the happy hour. That's so fun. It's East Coast time. But I... First of all, it's it's kind of fun because it's hard to think about. So maybe you couldn't do it in the moment on a first date. But if you were like, you definitely don't have to do the PowerPoint part. But I, it's a it's a fun icebreaker. And Liza, yeah, we should that. do it. We should do it for each other. Let's next, do it. Next we, time. Yeah, yeah. That sounds great. We can do it. We can. Let's release it on the Patreon. 
Yeah, we'll release it on Patreon. Right, right. We will make everyone suffer through that. We'll release it on Patreon. It's fun. And I'll put I'll put my deck on the Patreon too. Though I may Amazing. edit my list a little bit for you because I've had some better ideas. Anyway. I'll make one too. Yes. I have, I think, plenty of those things. But super fun. And again, like maybe you'd both have to be like on the same wavelength lies and I are on where we think like making a little deck in PowerPoint is kind of lols. Um, maybe you're not. But just having some sort of structure to the chat I feel like would make me more comfortable in joining yeah. a, a first date on FaceTime. Totally. And I think it would be – I don't know. I feel like it would also be a way to show effort on a date, you know. If you were like – like normally on a date you show effort by getting dressed and putting on makeup and, and picking a place and going to the place and whatever and like – and, you know, I'm sure you put I put in some kind of like effort to look cute on a, a FaceTime date, but – or I would. No pressure. No worries if you don't. Uh, but um, but I feel like it's a another way to be like, hey, I thought about this a little bit, and like, here's the thing, we're here's the game we're gonna play. I like that. Very fun. There are also add-ins. Like I saw some, my friend posted an Instagram story, and it looked like they were playing categories on their happy hour. I mean, categories. Sorry. So playing a game. Not that it. I feel like when bars have games, board games, people play on a first date all the time. But yeah. the fact that it's it's way less weird to throw a game in there because you're not making anyone like get on bowling shoes and bowl on a first yeah. date. It's way easier. I think it's, yeah. I think it would also be a good move for like a second or third date. Like if you say you've had like a couple FaceTime dates, someone you don't know what to do and be like, hey, do you want to play um, this game? Like, let's get on FaceTime and play this game. It'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I think so- that's a good move. Back to the first date. Okay, Liza, I want to hear yours. Let's just try to riff and craft what the ideal, you know, communication to date, what that date would look like, maybe without needing a game or anything. What would you be most comfortable with? I mean, I feel like, like I said before, um, you know, I, I feel like over text, I'd be like, are you drinking? Like, what are you drinking? Like, let's, you know, like, be basically be like, let's make an effort to both have, like, a drink and make it feel like a date. And then when you first FaceTime, you can be like, hey, like, here's my drink. Or be like, let's drink the same drink. Or, you know, do something like that where you can be like, this is fun. Like, let's make it a little bit of a thing. And I feel like that gives you something to connect on right off the bat. So it's not just like, hey, how are you? Yes. And then I honestly think a great conversational icebreaker is like, so this is crazy. Like we're all in quarantine, right? Like, and I feel like you can talk about that. And I think there's a really easy into conversations by being like, has this had a big impact on you? I mean, obviously it's a dumb question because it's had a big impact on anyone, everyone, but I feel like it's, you can be very easily be like, how is this? Like, how are you doing with this? How has this fucked your life? Yeah. (laughs) The new weather, honestly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I will be mine. Just a little something to connect on before you get on video and then, yeah you know even just making a cocktail for happy hours with friends has changed the game than just drinking wine which I've been doing kind of like casually in the evening anyway so it's so small but I made margaritas spicy margaritas and it felt so much more special I think my dream would be the same you you coordinate with the person to organize kind of let's like oh you like if on their profile it shows that they like margaritas or old fashions like you know what? I have the ingredients for an old fashioned. I'm going to make an old fashioned like or whatever. Let's trade a recipe. Super cheesy, but it's all kind of cute to me. I don't know. 
Uh, or just an hour before, be like, what are you drinking, winky face? Yeah. 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 What should I have? And then you, then it's like, there's some cute thing you can speak to at the beginning. I also, I saw a tweet and I think it was sponsored by Bumble. So I don't know if it was real, real, but about a FaceTime first date where the guy like ordered delivery for the woman or something or Venmoed her for it. It was just cute. You could like Venmo the person. Thanks for the drink or something if you wanted. I don't know. Or here, buy yourself a bottle of wine. I feel like there are some really cute things you could do to yeah, make it feel like cute. an event. Yeah. I think making it feel a little bit like something is a good idea. And it also shows if someone's willing to put in a little effort or if they're just like, you know, being kind of a schlub. Yeah being butts and I think we'll not on this episode but we'll get into on another episode more ways if you're in a relationship and separated or in a relationship and quarantine because Liza how is that going for you I've heard many different things you don't have to share these details but I've heard sex lives have been impacted kind of oddly not I'm I saw a refinery 29 article so I'm saying I've been hearing but (laughs) that it's actually because of all this anxiety it's not just like People humping each other, it's different. Fighting is different. Fighting is different also being across the country from my boyfriend because of the anxiety. I don't know. We'll get into that though. Yes. Yeah. We we'll do a we'll do a like our relationships in quarantine yeah. <laughs> episode, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um but for now, we're gonna jump into this awesome conversation with our listener Sarah. And um we will see you back next week. I mean, we'll be back with her in a second but it's i can't i'm great at this no we're you know we love you email us if you want to hop on zoom with us and tell us your your dating story even if you're not going on facetime dates or anything right now we want to hear it we want to hear from all of you we love you for sure and we are so excited to chat with sarah who is so kind to have joined us to just chat about all things dating Sarah's listened to the podcast for some time. We'll get into that, but thank you for being here, Sarah. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. We're so happy to have you. We're so happy to see a new face. (laughs) (laughs) We're all alone in our respective distant homes. Um, But yeah, we're going to, we're going to talk all about Sarah's like dating vibes a little bit of dating in quarantine apping in quarantine apping's not a word or a thing. I think you just made it one. Great. Yeah. Um. Somebody make a meme. <laughs> uh, yeah, asking in quarantine. Exactly. Um. But yeah, do we want to start with a worst first? We didn't even prep you for this, but oh, yeah. I feel like maybe you knew it was coming. Do you have one? I have one. Perfect. It was the last date I went on before quarantine. Oh, I was recovering from knee surgery. And I was home alone and I was so bored and so lonely that I was like, I should just get on an app and make a date. Like I should just go and meet someone because I need like some human contact. So I chatted with this guy back and forth like a day or two. And he wasn't like my physical type at all. I didn't find his pictures remotely attractive, but I was like, you know what? I really need to like be more open. This is me being more open. So I asked him out. And it was like a week before we went on the date. He was texting me every morning and every night. 
like, mm-hmm. Hey, good morning. Hope you have a great day. And then at night, like, hope you had a great day. And I was like, I don't know you. Yeah. We don't that's... have this relationship. Like you don't need to be texting me. We have never met. So that, ugh, those particular types of texts. <sighs> and I know lots of people want like the good morning and good night text. I don't really, I don't know. I really don't. Like I Especially am busy. Someone you don't know. I yeah. am preoccupied. I do not know you. So I really don't need you to text me. Yeah, it's a lot. If it's like someone that you like met out and like gave them your number and then they want to text you, like, I guess that's kind of cute. Yeah. But- yeah. Or if there's any like substance to it, I don't know. I feel like I would find it kind of charming if someone was like, what'd you eat for breakfast? No, that's creepy. I lied. But if <laughs> someone asked me like a question about myself, yeah. or like, hey, like in sync or backstreet Boys. Pizza or tacos? Not really, but something no, that but I engaged agree with that. me I in think some it's way that cute. Like, yeah, that drew out a conversation. Right. It's I like it's like you're on the playground and somebody's just going up to like pull your hair and run away. Yeah. Yeah. It's also it seems like it's almost keeping tabs. That's not exactly the right way, but just keeping because I understand the anxiety of not wanting conversations to fizzle out from a dating app, but there's something that feels oddly controlling or like a red flag of controlling behavior to come sorry to be so dramatic about this but with that good morning and good night he could also just have been being very sweet and it just didn't work for you but I don't like it either that's my point yeah Yeah. but also I think a lot of people do like like an enormous amount of text check-ins and that's fine I'm not shading that at all it's such it's a complete thing that happens but yeah I I just feel like when you don't know the person it's like shoehorning a little bit Remind me what shoehorning is. <laughs> I'm I'm really trying to make fetch happen with this guy. It's too much. It's like when you're just trying to wedge something in, when you're trying to make something work, oh, that, you yeah, know, that or like sense. insert yourself into a situation, be further along in the relationship than you are. Yeah. Just like trying a little bit too hard to fit a square peg in a round hole. I mean, I think you just hit it on the head. So like this was a person, we said it was like a Friday and we said, okay, we'll go out on Thursday. And between Friday and Thursday, I was hearing from this guy two, three times a day. And I was like, okay, thirsty. Very thirsty. That's a lot. So did you, you did go on the date though? I went on the date and you know what? I really shouldn't have, because I had a gut instinct that I was like, I do not like this person, (laughs) nothing personal. I'm sure he's lovely, but I was so turned off by all of that, like poking that I just didn't feel like there was going to be anything to gain from it. Maybe, maybe I jinxed the date because I was like, I hate this guy. And I wanted to cancel before I went. And then I went and the second he walked in the bar, I was like, oh shit, this is like, this is not going to work. So I stayed for one beer and I like raced through the beer and eventually just told him like, Hey, it was so great meeting you. Like, thank you so much for the beer. I'm never going to see you again. Did you articulate that you probably wouldn't see him again to him? What I said was, I, I mean, I waited. I I finished the beer. Yeah. And then I said, should we go? Because I did not want to give him a chance to say, let's get another. Mm-hmm. He paid He paid for the beers, which I shouldn't have let him. Because when I'm out with a guy that I'm not feeling it, I usually offer to split. But, but like, I felt like, you know what? I'm out pretty much against my will I may as well get a drink out of it yep yeah. and also week. it's not like you ordered a four course 
meal or anything you know like i think that's that's okay i don't know okay i mean right? it either is or it isn't <laughs> there's nothing i can do about it at this yeah. stage unless i like venmo him dollars <laughs> for the beer but i don't even know his last name yeah no yeah. i think you know what it's this has happened a million times in mm. the history of dating uh, and it's yeah. totally fine um, so we exit the bar and i was just like hey thank you so much like I don't really see this going anyplace romantic. Yeah, I I really respect that. Yeah, I was inquiring because I really respect, especially in today's, not today, quarantine today, but, you know, modern dating era. General today. (laughs) General today. In today's dating environment, it's just, especially with apps, not wasting people's time is really – a polite thing to do I think but I was never yeah. good at doing it I would wait right. until the follow-up and then I would struggle through a semi-excuse of why I didn't want to go out again and I know people gave me excuses why they didn't want to go out again with me so it's just nice to be upfront. well also yeah. I think if you already know this guy's like an over communicator you it was also so smart to do that because then you're like I'm gonna cut off this like text conversation yeah. to come which, because you know it would have been a whole thing, and people who like to text really like to text, and it, it can be a lot. I mean, I also like, and this is something that I learned from you guys, actually. There have been plenty of conversations where people just say, like, hey, thanks so much. Don't think this is going anywhere. And, like, I have so much respect for that, and it's something I just started doing. Like, in the past, I've, like, allowed texts to just kind of linger until a guy would just get the hint. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that's, it's just not a nice thing to do. And I feel like I really need my karma points. Mm, Yeah. I'm trying to keep that clear. Yeah. Have you, have you um, felt like you've had good responses to that? Like have, have people been receptive to it when you've communicated that? I actually had a guy um, we met for lunch. I think it was like, it was like Martin Luther King day. So it was a day off and he asked me for, to meet him for pizza. And I was like, that's cute. I didn't really, I wasn't interested in going out with him, but I was like, okay, I like pizza. Let's have pizza. Mm -hmm. And we sit for lunch and then we're talking for a while. And I said, you know, you're really great. I I think I'm getting kind of a friendship vibe. I don't think it's going to go someplace romantic. And he was so into it. He was like, oh my God, that's great. Like now that we're friends, what did you, did you think that I was being too friendly? And it was like, no, that's, I mean, I couldn't really go out and say I'm not at all attracted to you. Right, right, right. I I have a friend who actually became friends with someone she went on a first date with and they stayed friends for a while in New York. I think they're still friends, but it's tricky. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of sweet that he was like, do you have any advice? But it's tricky. (laughs) It was so sweet. Yeah, I like that. I like when people can seek advice about, I just feel like there's so many people out there dating who like, if you, if you communicate that you're not romantically interested in them, get like defensive or like douchey or whatever. Like, I think it's very adorable for someone to be like, okay, great. Like, feedback you know like I don't know that's like an endearing thing it's nice to know that those stories are happening too rather than just people being he actually texted me the next day like hey friend um and something about like some song that had come on while we were having lunch he's like by the way like here's a great link to such and such a YouTube channel 
relating to that other thing we were talking about. And I was like, oh, wow, thank you so much. That's really awesome of you. Yeah, Aww. that's sweet that he said like, hi, friend, too. Because again, he was like, just being like, so you don't think I didn't n- not understand you or didn't listen to you? And just, Right. It was really, it was really kind cute. of adorable. Not in any way that made me want to go out with him again, but yeah, it was very, very sweet. Very yeah, sweet. totally. I also love the idea of just like midday pizza for a date. Right? It was so – it was so yeah. exciting. Yeah. Or very like a cute. Monday vacation day, like a three-day weekend Monday date. I like that yeah. vibe too. Feels he like- actually um, – when I said, when I said, hey, let's just be friends, he like followed me for most of the afternoon. I was like, I have to go do some errands. And he was like, oh, okay. Can I walk with you? And I was like, okay. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, this is so sweet. And like, I would not find that sweet at all. <laughs> no, I would be like, I need to run my errands night night. Yeah. Well, we're all, everyone is trying. Now, honestly, I'm so starved for human contact. I would let anyone follow me around all day. Like, please. Yeah. Like, <sighs> oh, to go to Target with someone. Uh, yeah. One day. Um, I still wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> respect yes completely (laughs) complete respect Um, for that okay so do we want to we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording but will you give everyone like a little rundown on kind of your dating life story oh sure (laughs) um smooth transition as always liza what's your entire life story go (laughs) my entire life story no yes you're listening to my entire life story i'll try to edit yeah, okay. you can give us your background on dating as you feel it's pertinent to maybe other people who are listening and, yeah, would love to just know what your relationship to relationships has been. That's my new thing. Yeah, relationship to relationships. Okay. So I got married when I was 29. I was married until I was 31. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole story in itself. But when I left my marriage and became single again, I had a brief period of like, reflection and healing. I actually met someone on J swipe a few weeks into being single. And it was like a great connection. It was his sister coincidentally had gone to school with my brother. So like I knew his family, I knew he wasn't like a weirdo, but I was like, I do not want to be the girl who jumped out of a marriage and into a relationship. So I was just like, it, it just, wasn't the right time. So I let that one go. And I've been dating around ever since because I discovered the pod um, probably a couple months into being single. And I was like, that is a fantastic approach. I am going to take dating by the horns and I'm going to find as many dates as I can. And I'm just going to go and enjoy life. So that just became away rather than like I'm gonna find a relationship this way I was like I'm just gonna go out and have fun and I met some really interesting people and I've discovered some really cool bars and restaurants and gotten to do some fun stuff and you're in New York just for our listeners and I'm in New York uh it's interesting I feel like grabbing dating by the horns is really what I tried to do what we try to encourage everyone to do and I do think it it looks like different things and I do think to your point not looking for a relationship necessarily while you're doing that can make it a little more fulfilling because yeah. you know as much as the whining I did on this podcast would made I clearly I wanted to be in a relationship 
I also there were a lot of things in my life that when I was going on all those dates meant I couldn't it would be hard to be in a relationship because I was about to move etc so I think just like the the approach of like I met cool people went to cool restaurants I really like that because sometimes Thanks. lately I'm like do we encourage dating too much especially with this pandemic I'm like what does oh, no. this even mean <laughs> like yeah and I think it's also so wise that you were able to say uh, to, to like zoom out after your marriage ended and be like no I need to like not jump into another thing I feel like it can be so um appealing to like leapfrog uh and it's really hard to like make the choice not to do that and like focus on yourself (laughs) like I feel like I've struggled with that at times I mean after being single for like literally 23 years of my life but you know um but what has it been like I mean when you were first going on dates after your divorce like what was that experience like I mean, I sort of waffled between like, I know exactly what I want and I need to be open to new experiences. Hmm. So like that was really tricky for me because I grew up in a very specific community. Um, I'm a Sephardic Jew and keeping my traditions and my heritage intact is really important to me. And my ex-husband is a Sephardic Jew Hmm. from the same community, but he was never like, he didn't buy into the whole systematic society. Like he didn't, he was more resentful of his heritage. Mm-hmm. And he always said that like, if I wanted to do things a certain way, like he'd be willing to bend. And then the second we came home from our honeymoon, he was like, no, I hate all of this. We're not doing any of it. Wow. So it was, it was really important to me coming out of that to find somebody who was willing to do stuff the way I wanted it. But then I also have to realize that saying that I want exactly this thing, it's so specific that like, go find that. Yeah. So hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. I, oh, go ahead, Liza. So have you been, have you been trying to date like specifically within that community and, and look like find what you're looking for within that have you been going outside of that like what's what does that look like for you in this new phase so um I I'm I'm gonna come off as such a flake because I really do go back and forth I I mean I won't go out with someone who isn't Jewish with people have their specific feelings about that but it's about what I want for myself and for potentially children Mm mm-hmm Um, so I will go out with people who are Jewish and not necessarily Sephardic. I will go out with people who are not as religious as I am. I will go out with people who are more religious than I am, but it's my, my hard line is like, I won't go out with someone who isn't Jewish. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and again, to your experience having like, these are the things that once you're in a marriage and you have more experience with this than I do, but are really important. Like sometimes it will feel like you're drawing a line in the sand and what if like your quote unquote soulmate that I don't even believe in, you know, is not Jewish. Well, it merit a being in a marriage or even in a relationship, it becomes part of your life. And if you have other like desires for how your life looks and those two things don't line up, like love doesn't conquer all. That's my thought. I don't know. No, it really doesn't. And I learned that in my marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I also think that certain, certain, we've talked about this on the, podcast too i'm just basically rephrasing exactly 
what Kimmy said eloquently and briefly and love doesn't conquer all, but I'm going to say it in a way longer way. (laughs) But like, I feel like we all want to believe that we don't need someone who like, I feel like you have to split the difference between those check boxes on paper and then like letting go of the check boxes. But I also think it's really important and to know like what you can't compromise on. Right. I don't think I would be happy with someone who wasn't like super ambitious and that has nothing to do with money or like it's not about like climbing corporate ladders and whatever but someone who doesn't really care about what they're doing and they put a lot of energy and time into advancing something they're passionate about and like Mm -hmm. someone whose work doesn't uh doesn't also like incite passion in them like I couldn't I don't think I could be happy in a relationship like that because I just don't think we would line up and I feel like there's all kinds of levels of that. And it's really strong that you know, like, no, I want to be with a, a Jewish person. Like, if I can't have exactly the right cultural overlap, that's fine. But like, you're, I think it's great to know your hard lines. I think it puts you in a really powerful position to date. The thing that I'm finding is like, okay, so now I've been single for three years and um, maybe it doesn't really serve me to mm. know my hard lines because maybe I'm, maybe I am missing out on something really great outside of those lines. I have no idea, but like, it's like you said, you're not going to be happy with like someone who doesn't line up with you in certain ways. Like I, I kind of feel like, all right, well, I was married to a person who I was madly in love with, who didn't line up with me on the, the things that I felt were important. And like, we both learned in that experience, what was important to each of us respectively Mm-hmm. So why would I put myself through that again? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also – so I think, like, you got married at 29, right? Yeah, which by my community standards was, like, 100. 100. I might as well, okay, you know, interesting. Contact. How long had you guys been dating when you got married? Uh, two years. Okay. Which, again, well, might as well have been a decade. Interesting, yeah, <laughs> within your community. And then it's funny because I was about to say 29 to me – and a lot of people listening, I imagine, even if you don't care a ton about being married, is maybe the age you thought, like, it's not 30, you know, you'd get married. It's kind of like that ideal age for marriage. You know, it's not too young. It's not like our right. parents who are married a little bit younger, maybe, or, you know, in your community, people are still getting married younger. But it's interesting that, you know, you had that perfect age in some people's eyes of, getting married but we and we talk about this a lot and I have seen it in friends relationships married or not like just because that time in your life comes and I'm not saying you had this experience Sarah but just because it's like time to get serious doesn't mean it's going to work out so if you're single at 29 and freaking out like I don't know not to be like you just basically Age shouldn't be as much of a factor in all of the pressure we all put on ourselves around dating, or I wish it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, there's fertility in question. Sure. Like, that is a huge thing. So, like, I actually jumped into a relationship last year with somebody I had been friends with for 10 years because I was like, oh, this is so perfect. I'm 30. I'm 33. So we can just skip the courtship part and we'll just get married and have a baby. Mm -hmm. And that blew up in my face. I lost my friend. We do not speak anymore. Mm. And like the truth of the matter is like he and I should never have been together. It just was like very convenient that he was there and I was a certain age. So I'm 
completely over that whole thing. Yeah. Due to that experience. Yeah. It's really frustrating. It's frustrating to, to have to think about our goddamn eggs all the time. Worst. (laughs) I really, I really hate it. Yep. That's true. Every time I'm like, I can, you know, defy society, get married whenever I want to or not get married. It's like, you're right. If that even just making the decision of whether or not I want children has to happen sooner because you have to. Yeah. It's it's so unfair. Makes me so mad. It's tough. And it's hard. I mean, I talk about it all the time, but I'm very ambivalent about whether or not I want to have kids. Very 50-50, very indecisive. I'm a Gemini. We can't make up our minds, yada, yada, yada. I'm dating a Gemini, same, same, like, whole thing. But I I feel this, like, righteous feminist anger that doesn't even make any sense, just that I have to think about it. And I know, like, this is because I'm a child of the long summer and we were raised thinking we could have everything we want, and then to be in your 30s and be like... Nope, you got to make some decisions. You can't necessarily have everything you want. You can't, it doesn't all necessarily line up perfectly in exactly the way you designed it. It's, mm-hmm. it feels very, it, it feels very frustrating and it sucks because it does absolutely impact dating. Yeah. Um, I, so I don't, you guys can cut this part out or not. I don't really care because I'm very open about it. But my ex and I actually, I got pregnant um, a year into our marriage and ended up miscarrying. And no, it's okay. Okay. It's, I thank God every day that I don't have that baby because I was able to walk out of a bad situation by myself with no strings attached. And I really felt I'm a big believer in like the universe. And I was like, that was the universe's way of like taking care of me and being like, Sarah, you can get pregnant if you want, but you don't have to follow through with it. No, that's, yeah. Wow. I mean, I, sorry that you had to go through that is maybe the better thing to be sad about but that's a really again evolved perspective that you had because it's true leaving marriage when there are children involved is a very different level yeah yeah Yeah. so like I walked out of there feeling like I absolutely was supposed to be married for the time that I was he and I were supposed to learn these lessons from each other and I went to my doctor shortly thereafter and I was like do you think I should freeze my eggs and she was like no you're not a candidate. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's wild how those things, how those things happen. And also how like, I think it, it is, it speaks to like such maturity. I say maturity, like, obviously, it feels weird telling like another adult human (laughs) that it's like a mature thing to have done. But I just don't feel mature. So I'm always impressed with others maturity. (laughs) But I feel like it's, it's, very um yeah it's just very impressive that you're able to have that perspective (laughs) i I aspire to be able to have perspective on anything anytime i continually see the universe showing up for me Mm -hmm. and like i learn a lot about astrology i do a lot of reading and like i really believe the universe has my back so although my sign what'd you say what's your sign sorry to interrupt you i'm a pisces Uh, i'm a hard pisces I love Pisces women. Sign. My mom's a triple Pisces. <gasps> wow. Yeah. So she it's... looks super sensitive? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a Pisces sun and Scorpio moon. Mm, interesting. Wow. As yeah. a Scorpio. Scorpio. I like that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I've... Like, Sarah, you have all Pisces. my like female yeah. friendship signs. All my female <laughs> friends are, <laughs> are like Pisces are and Are we Scorpios. best friends now? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's impressive. And I also think it's like, 
it's a great perspective to carry into dating, you know, to be like, this will knowing a few things that you want, which obviously you do. Like, it seems like, you know, you want kids, you know, you'd like to date someone who's Jewish, like things like that. I feel like putting a few benchmarks in place and then having some faith, I think can be really, really powerful. Yeah. My therapist says that that's me like advocating. I'm like releasing responsibility from myself, Hmm. which I'm not super happy about. Um, But like she said to me, like she said to me recently, like if you really feel like you were supposed to be with your husband for that time and it was the universe putting you there, then you don't really have to take any responsibility for making the decision to marry him. Hmm. And I was like, okay, but everything in that moment was telling me that this was the guy. Everything for years was telling me that this is the guy. He was the best guy I had ever been with. Mm -hmm. Actually, that's a lie. He was not the best guy I had ever been with, but it was the best relationship I had been in. And also, it seems like he wasn't totally honest with you. Like, I do not mean to be flippant about this, but I'm thinking about Carlton on Love is Blind. (laughs) Yeah, what the fuck, Carlton? (laughs) You can't hold back something significant about yourself when you get engaged or married. You have to... If you, if you do hold it back, it's a lie, you know? Yeah, so yeah. if you're saying you want, you know, if he was saying you wanted the same things as you and then you guys got married and he was like, never mind, like that's yeah. a, it's a lie. And you, you know, kind you of just like described exactly what happened. Yeah. Like it's very, um, it's very much a thing that you was, I don't know. I feel like that's something that was done to you. Like, you can't control if other people lie to you. <laughs> like, yeah. you, I mean, I feel like we've been talking for half an hour, and I feel like you seem like an incredibly honest, straightforward communicator. So it's like, that's all you can do to try to elicit straightforwardness from other people. Yeah. And then it's kind of their responsibility. But also, I think that, and again, I may be putting words in your mouth, mouth correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I kind of feel like if you have done everything the way you thought you were supposed to, I felt this way in life about like career stuff and, and various things. But if you've done everything the way you're supposed to and it doesn't work out, I think sometimes like the freedom you feel from that can be perspective shifting. Be like, okay, I did what I was supposed to do. It didn't work out. Now I have some freedom to make some different choices or to like, you know, allow things to come to me in a different way. I mean, that really was what happened. Like the perspective just shifted. And I said to myself, like, okay, I know that I would like to get married again because I would like to have children. But the fact of the matter is that might not happen. It's not a guarantee. So like I was, I was talking to somebody that I worked with at the time and I was saying like, oh, you know, if I get married again, she tells me, oh my God, oh my God, how can you talk like that? What do you mean if, when, when you get married again? And I was like, Okay, but like that might necessarily, that might not necessarily be a thing. It might, it's not guaranteed. And I'm not a thousand percent sure that it's what I want because it was such a hassle the first time. Like, I don't necessarily need to go through that again. Yeah. It's interesting, all of this, you know, not to always be bringing it back to COVID related things, but Mm -hmm. the, the, to both of your points, there are certain things we truly can't control for, and we're all facing that right now. Yeah. You know, you have to adapt, and I'm feeling that in terms of like, 
you know, if I could have seen this coming, like, would I be graduating school right now, graduating grad school? Like, absolutely not. Like, the the career search, it feels like. But I can't do anything about it. So I have to – you can be still, like, optimistic but be realistic. Like, if mm-hmm. this happens, if this doesn't. Right. And then to use that as, you know, one of our signature super smooth transitions, I w- I, as we – have hopefully many listeners call in what has your relationship to dating or being on the apps or wanting to be on them or not been like given the pandemic and being in our homes okay so the last worst first date Mm -hmm. was my last date before this whole thing happened but that was like had surgery in the middle of February. So this was like the first week of March. And no, it was, it was the last week of February, maybe. And I went on the date and I was like completely turned off. And I just said to myself, like, why am I pushing this? Why can't like, I enjoy my own company. I enjoy my friend's company. I do not need to be forcing myself out on these dates. And I deleted all my apps. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I need a break. I'm not, I'm not enjoying this. It's not serving me anymore. So I'm taking a break. It was only when I went into quarantine in here in New Jersey in my parents' house, feeling like a 16-year-old again, where mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I have nothing better to do right now than to internet flirt. <laughs> and it's so comforting that like at the end of this whole flirt, I don't have to leave my house. Like I don't like I don't have to feel guilty. Like nobody's spending money, nobody's going out of their way. I'm just gonna like cultivate some conversations and I've been having a fantastic time that's great have you or maybe even earlier in this because I feel like people are hopefully taking it seriously now and staying inside but did you encounter any of that I've heard about some people being not so great on the apps like and wanting to still meet up or being kind of aggressive about wanting to meet up did you encounter any of that no so That's Violet right. Claire, who we've had on a couple times, Samantha Rothenberg, um, who runs mm-hmm. Violet Claire and does these illustrations, has done this series of just a lot of her followers have sent in kind of screenshots of some really aggressive messages. I think it was from maybe the beginning of this, like people not taking it seriously and trying to meet up or being really flippant about it. And then I think Hinge even put something into place where you could report people who were trying to still meet up. I don't know. Wow. Just because that's not ideal if people are like, well, it's just two people coming together. Like, you know, but I'm glad you didn't have that experience. So thank you so much. <laughs> Do yeah. you feel like there have been, you've been able to have like more meaningful app chat or like text conversations because there's no possibility of meeting up or it's not about just getting on the date? Yeah. I find, I mean, for myself personally, like I am far more open to whoever comes across like my feed Mm -hmm. because I'm like, I don't have to go out with this guy anyway, swipe. So (laughs) I've been talking to a wide variety of people. My mother keeps talking about me shopping for boys on my phone, which is. (laughs) And you're like, kind of, that is amazing. (laughs) What a world. world. You you got it, mom. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I, but there was one guy who, I was talking to, and then it came, he's a few years older than me. And as it turns out, he has a 13 year old son. And I was like, oh, 
I'm not sure I've ever gone out with anybody with a kid mm-hmm. that old. But my, I also, because I was like, there is no imminent danger of me actually meeting this person and having to confront this. I was like, oh, I love kids. And he and I have been having like really nice conversations where he's been very vulnerable. Like his friend died of COVID a couple of days ago. And like, I know I feel terrible. He Mm. texted me about it because I was like, hey, how are you? And he was like, my friend died. Oh, that's super. Yeah. Jeez. It's yeah. So it's been very like raw. And like, when do you ever get to that level with somebody you're chatting with on Hinge? Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because it's like we're all in a place of vulnerability right now. You know, we're all like going through. I think the chillest people I know are still going through some some anxiety and and stuff. So there does feel like it does feel like a weird opportunity to to be vulnerable with people you know less well. Yeah, yeah. I'm also finding people to be just like kinder. Like, I'm every, so happy. How are you feeling? There's this, yeah. there's this collective experience that we're all having. So everyone's kind of checking in with each other about it. Yeah, and totally. the conversations are kind of flowing from there. It's been nice. That's yeah, there is this wild experience of like everyone in the world right now is going through the same thing, kind mm-hmm. of, which when has that ever happened, really? Um, and that's... Yeah, there is something this I, this sounds like cheesy, but there there is a moment of like we're all very connected on a human level right now and there is a way I think to like uh I'm trying to think of a word that's not like businessy or whatever, but to like funnel that into your like we're people are connecting online right now, so it does make some sense to try to like use this moment of slowing down and people being more open to like romantically connect online yeah i'm so it's like very nice to hear that you've had such good experiences talking to people totally and i think a lot of people are like what's the point there's no like seeing each other in sight but i don't know i felt lonely just on days where I haven't taken time to connect on zoom with anyone or facetime with anyone or text that many people and i think any kind of connection is really helpful and important right now. And the fact that dating apps have that built in, like that's how you, you're, they're designed to connect you one-on-one so you can talk about things. That's really appealing. Have you done any video dates? Is that something? It's really interesting. I'm actually finding that guys are just as flaky when there's no chance of going on a date as they are when there is. Hmm. (laughs) So like I matched with this guy a couple weeks ago and we've been chatting and like, it's been great, but I eventually I actually posted in the Facebook group about it. I was like, I was talking to this guy. He seemed really great. The conversation kind of dropped off and I'm not sure how to pick it back up. But like, I was like, I want to, I want to talk to this guy. Um, I eventually just texted him on the app and I was like, Hey, you know, you seem like someone I'm really interested in getting to know more about. And this is a weird time. And here's my number. And he didn't answer me for two days. And I was like, oh, well, I guess that's that. And two days later, he texted me back and he was like, hey, it's Mike. And I had to like scroll through my phone to figure out who Mike was. (laughs) On on Hinge, he's Michael. So I was like, I don't know. I didn't know that we were 
I didn't know where we were, that we were like in a nickname place. Yeah. And it's like a generic name. You know, I don't know. If your name's not a super common name, maybe whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like I know a lot of mics, like which mic? Yeah. Um, but that's but anyway. you text back. Yeah. So like we've been chatting and I asked him a couple of days ago, like, do you want to get on, do you want to just get on FaceTime? And he had like conference calls. He was like, yeah, yeah, I want, I, I definitely want to, but like, let me rearrange some conference calls. He works on political campaigns. So I guess he's busy. Yeah. But like, nobody's that busy. I don't know. Yeah. Make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I left it because the last thing he said was like, let me just figure this out. And I was like, okay. But like, I don't need to chase you. I'm not, yeah. I am not about that. I have been through it. I know what I want. I'm very sure of myself. I do not need to chase you. Like someone else will come along who actually wants to FaceTime with me. Yeah, no, but it's, <laughs> exactly. it is so reminiscent of if things were all normal where you're yeah. like, oh, well, they took the time to like put my number in and then text me, but then like the date never happens. Like, yeah. It's or like you went on a first date, but this he's being flaky about a second date or a flaky it's, about a third date or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I also enjoy the moment when it's just like, great, I am, I have put the ball in your court and now mm -hmm. the ball's in your court. Like, that's a, a good vibe too of just like, here you go. Like, I will, I will, you know, see what you do with that ball. Oh, yes. That's yeah. such a beautiful metaphor. Yeah, I yeah. love it. And I also, to your, the, to your actual secret Facebook group post, which I had been like, oh, can we talk about this? Liza and I wouldn't have given as good of advice as you gave yourself by just being like, here's my number. Like, we would have never gotten there. We would have talked for 20 minutes and not gotten to the direct, like, you know, you wanted to keep talking with him. It's a weird time. Like, you put the ball in his court. Super simple. Then you just figure it out. So, yeah. I mean, well, I just figured, like, super vulnerable me would be like, well, what if he doesn't answer? But then I was like, okay, what if he doesn't answer? You don't go on a date? Yeah, Nobody's going yeah. on dates anyway. Yeah. yeah. Stakes are low. And I've had, yeah. I've heard of a couple, you know, friends that I have who like had already been seeing someone and that trickled off. So they met in real life and everyone's kind of the thing is well everyone's by their phones the whole time but I don't know it's weird to, like just give each other breaks don't take anything too personally if someone's not replying to you I think For like sure. we're all yeah. in weird weird phases especially because everyone's like spinning out with anxiety I'm spinning out with anxiety like every 36 to 48 hours <laughs> so yeah. you know yeah interesting well, Sarah, thank you so much for being here. And to anyone listening who thinks it would be fun to come on and just share their experience of dating during COVID, dating generally, uh, we'd love to have you. Email us at 51firstdatespod. Sarah took the brave first step of being kind of, you know, our, not our guinea pig. It was really like, hey, guys, I'll come on and talk. And then we were like, thank you for being so direct. As you, That's the theme. Thank you for being direct. Now we will get you on and schedule it. We held up our end of the date. We did it. Good for you. Thank you so much, guys. It was Thank so fun you. talking and to you. It was so fun talking to you. And let us know, like, if, you know, keep us updated yeah. on what's going on with the guy. Maybe we'll for read sure. an update or, yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I'll be in touch. Great. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Sarah. Bye. Take care. Great meeting you. Bye. You too. Bye.